Welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. How are you? Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we had our new 2020 kickoff episode uh, this past Monday, but it was more of a look back at our 2019. Uh, very mushy, gushy, and uh, uh, more more of a walk down memory lane than anything, and also a slight look ahead to, to 2020. But now we're fully back in business because the will of the force is... I don't even know what, what to say. Because you, you just said back? Yeah. You like <laughs> Mike Myers it? Yeah, well, please allow myself to introduce myself, and then yeah. it's just too much myself. It's but back. The Will of the Force is back. It's back. Baby. But it is back. It is back, and we're back. And also later, we're also going to talk about uh, Star Wars character discussions. This time, we are finally doing sequel trilogy characters now that their arcs are complete until they come back to make more movies and make more money. Uh, we did Palpatine, too. We did do Palpatine before we knew he was coming back, so we'll have to, we'll have to do him again uh, later on. But uh, this uh, one, this week, we're going to kick it off with Finn and his character arc from The Force Awakens through the rise of Skywalker. Obviously, his character was vaulted in his character arc, exploded through in the rise of Skywalker in ways that a lot of people did not expect, and we're going to touch on all of that from the moment he walked off that ramp as a stormtrooper until his celebration at the end of Episode Nine. Um, but thanks so much for joining us to everybody if you are new to trb if you found us through the mando fan show or if you just heard about us welcome the resistance base is open it's always open if you love star wars that's good enough for us uh james lacy how are you um are, are you over all the feels from monday i'm just peachy john just <laughs> so peachy after all those Southern things you guys said by the way there's a hole in that there oscillator That was terrible. Hi. <laughs> uh, I get. I'm fine. Yeah. Lacey, are you wearing all black today because of Ben Solo's funeral? No, I'm oh. not. You know what? I need a little grieving period, okay? Because mm. we haven't really talked about it a lot. We've only mm -hmm. talked about the movie. We right. haven't really. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay yet. Mm. It's been like a month. Doesn't matter. Not okay. Mm. So That's listen, my, my Chemical Romance song. Yes, right. I should put uh, Dark Eyeliner on. So yeah. listen, um, as I uh, sent out on Twitter, but not everyone's on Twitter. We there's no more covering up spoilers. We're talking about everything now. Okay, so I just want to let everyone know out there know if you're listening or watching, we're talking Mando, we're talking Baby Yoda. We're talking Tiny, which is what we call Baby Yoda on here. And we're talking whatever his real name is that Gina Carano said she knows. So she's the second person to say she knows what the name is. Did you just mention we're talking Baby Yoda three times? Pretty much. <laughs> All right. But uh, that's how you get more listeners because everyone's talking about Baby Yoda now. He's everywhere. Yep. He has transcended Star Wars. He has. Um but we are also talking full spoilers of The Rise of Skywalker, obviously, including, like we said, our full discussion on Finn's arc later on in the show. But first, James Bainey, the will of the Force is back, baby! So let's fire up our friend Chiridimway. I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it. Man, it has been a while since we've heard cheer, right? Been a long time. Been a while. He's over here like... You guys seen Rogue One in a while? You know what it's like? It's like when you, when you take a vacation from work and you go back and you're like, I don't remember how to do my job. What am I doing? We got to get back in the pocket here, but let's see if we can pull it off. 
All right. Well, we have five questions. Two are submitted from patrons. That sounds And uh, the first one is not, though. Um, but uh, we got this question right here. Will the director of the 2022 Star Wars movie be announced uh, this month? January. Lacey, what do you think? I think it will. And I say it because we don't know if it's a he or a she. They. I think they will be announced this month. I think we she? won't get what the project is, but mm-hmm. we'll get what the director is. We'll get that StarWars.com article that says, we're proud to announce. Yep, with that nice, ben, yeah. shiny headshot. Benny F and Wise yeah. are coming back, and they're going <laughs> to... This one? Imagine. Yeah. The- like that one? Yeah. Or like someone um, looking at a book or like they're writing yeah. a script or something. Yeah. <laughs> John, do you think that they're actually going to announce the director of that 2022 Star Wars movie before January ends? So I know James is going to say no. And I'm going to say yes. So I literally thought you were going to kick off this year disagreeing with me. Are we doing a pie bet again, James? Wow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say, I'm going to be optimistic. I, I want some news. I'm going to say yes also, although it's probably not going to happen. Um, the Hollywood Reporter seemed confident that something was going to happen. So that makes me think that someone from StarWars.com may have spoke to somebody over there saying like, yeah, we got uh, the news. We just have to you know, get past the rise of Skywalker because that's what's uh, taking front and center. Once that comes, we're going to start announcing the new stuff. What we did hear was that that movie's not going to be Ryan Johnson. So a lot of people are assuming all of a sudden they're going to come back with Ryan. Uh, unless Kathleen Kennedy's lying, it's not going to be Ryan Johnson. So I'm curious to see who they got to direct this thing and whether or not it's going to be the movie produced by Kevin Feige. But I do think and hope, although it probably won't happen, that they will announce the director for the 2022, 2022 movie this month. Um, you were right, John. I'm going to say no. Um, the reason I'm actually going to say no, and you might know this too, but they, there was a story last year that was, that they knew what they were going to do in the future of star Wars. And they were going to announce that probably, you know, summer of 2019 or something like that. And I just remember like, there were so many articles that are like, it's summer. Where's that announcement? They must not know what's going on. And like, there was this big hubbub over and, and this wasn't a Hollywood reporter's story saying they think they're going to announce it. This was straight out of Kathleen Kennedy's mouth. She said, we've, we know what we're doing and we're probably going to announce that somewhere around this time. And they still didn't hold to that. So kind of a hear hearsay, uh, he said, she said version of there could be an announcement by the end of January. I still think that story aside, if you were to just tell me, what do you think about January? I'd go, no, that seems way too far in advance. So that's why I'm sticking with no on this one, but I'll gladly be wrong. Um, the next question is from our patron major Kyle Baker and Kyle wanted to know, Will we ever get an elaboration on Palpatine's overall plan with information on how he survived, how he cloned Snoke, etc., by means of maybe a book, a comic, or will these questions remain a mystery? John, I'm going back to you on this one. What do you think? Do you think they will ever tell us Palpatine's overall plan? Yes, they will. Um, 
We love selling that extra media. Love making that money. Um, I wish they didn't. I, I like. I have no problems with them keeping mysteries. I don't like this whole culture where they, everyone needs everything explained. They need every planet they visited to be shouted out from the rooftops. Uh, people are freaking out about the Mustafar thing that it wasn't revealed that Kylo Ren was on Mustafar. Who cares? Uh, but they will. I, I think they definitely will. Um, especially now, the more and more people are like, "Oh, uh, how do he come back?" and they're going to slap a big comic series on there, the return of Palpatine or the ultimate plan or operation blah, order 67, whatever the heck they're going to call it. But I think they will. Lacey, what do you think? I'm going to say yes, they will. I can't decide if it's going to be a book or a comic series. I want to say, I was going to, sorry, I was going to say a comic series because it seems something easier to show than necessarily tell like with panels, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I think they need a book to explain the full process. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say yes and a book. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I was going to make sure to get John's. How do you think they'll do it? Book or oh, comic? Yeah. yeah. Comic, but there'll be a Snoke book. How about that? Or animated series. They already no. have a Snoke comic though. No, they'll do it. No, that was, they have a Snoke comic or just that one off? Well, the the one They had one age of no, the, uh, resistance. There's going to be a Snoke book now showing exactly what that all was because they need to explain a lot of things, including Snoke saying he was around during the time of the Empire and stuff. So there must have been a person named Snoke that Palpatine then maybe cologned or, cloned or something. Cologned. <laughs> cologned. cologned. He just sprayed <laughs> stuff on him. He's like... <laughs> Go lay in that jar of cologne. <laughs> cologne. <laughs> How long oh, you been yeah. in that jar? Woo! The emphasis on the wrong on. syllable. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, John. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think they're going to do this. Um, I tend to lean towards comic because I feel like they kind of do that, but I would really prefer if they did what Lacey said, which was a book. Um, I think calling calling it Snoke or, or like Snoke Agent of Palpatine or something like that would be like and just like the title alone would would sell copies um cuz i Wait do think second. there is i i have to interrupt didn't we do to toot our own horn didn't we do a resistance transmission that said what if palpatine was snoke and what does his name stand for or something that just came to my mind i'll have to go back and check yes you did like what is the Acronym what is for Snoke? Snoke. What yeah. does Snoke stand for? Yeah, I'll have to go back and check. But I'm sorry, you definitely did. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, at this point, I get it. Like pre the Rise of Skywalker, we would say no. Like, why would they put all that information in a book? But I think since we got the movie and it didn't quite answer that question, that it makes sense. The what's the best thing that they could do to answer that question? That would probably be. Like I said, like Snoke, agent of Palpatine, or some servant of, uh, you know, the Emperor, or something like that. Agent of Shiv. <laughs> yeah, agents of Shield. Like, <laughs> I guess my question is, agents they, of Shivald. <laughs> they haven't released the novelization yet, and uh, oh, that's the true author too. was saying how if they included everything that was in the book in the movie, the movie would have been over three hours long. So I'm wondering if she goes into explanation like they did with The Last Jedi and stuff where they switch off between characters, which they could potentially answer all these questions with Palpatine. Yeah. 
And Ray, don't sleep on Ray Carson. There were two Han Solo books written, and Most Wanted is better than Last Shot. Saying right. Ray Carson yeah, yeah. wrote That's Most Wanted. Says. So didn't yep. um, so Last Jedi? Not to draw this out because it's well the Force, but didn't Last Jedi have a bit of a prologue, if I remember correctly, about Luke and his vision or something? Yeah, like it was a, like a dream. They could have a prologue yeah. about Sheev and his return, and then go. They heard crawl. from Snoke. I have to go back and reread that. Snoke yeah. has a whole part where it's Snoke talking. Yeah. And he talks about, like, I was the reluctant leader and I never really saw myself as someone who would have stepped up in this position. It's like, oh, man, I don't know how they. That's <laughs> why I'm like kind of teetering on the story like, bring in their Palpatine bread. back. Because I'm like, <laughs> man, they like, really like yeah, okay. <laughs> brought him up as his own person. And they right. were like, they're like, stop trying to think it's like Plagueis or something dumb. Snoke is this guy and he's really powerful and stuff. And then. Even in the Rose comics, Skywalker too, yeah. just kind of wipes that out over, you know, a little bit. Yeah, but but it's all good, right? Because we're gonna get that book or whatever. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, the next question is: If we see John Boyega return as Finn in future Star Wars movies, will he be a Jedi? Lacey, you get to start this one. Yes. With your boy that smells good because he got cologned by Palpatine. He's, there it is. He smells so good, like heaven. Uh, yes. Who smelled better, me or Boyega? Boyega. Oh. <laughs> All right. Not even a contest. Uh, so the first time, <laughs> the first time I saw the movie, the thing that stuck out to me was like, oh my gosh, he's force sensitive from like the first moment. Cause I know a lot of people were like, oh, he's in love with Ray or, oh, he's holding. Like, I was like, no, he is force sensitive. I love that. Um, so I think the best thing would to be to introduce him once he's trained with Ray. Once that that part's already over. We've seen enough training montages. We've seen enough things about like, oh, how did so-and-so become a Jedi? Let's just get to the good part. Let's get him right to the Jedi part, lighting up a lightsaber. So I'm going to say, yes, we will see Finn in a future movie as already being a Jedi. All right. Master Finn, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, and it will be later because they're going to take some time away. Right. Um, people need to forget about John Boyega throwing shade at fans and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it was so funny. Yeah, he is funny. But because um, he, he didn't do it in a serious manner, in my opinion. No. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So I think uh, down the line, I think he will be a Jedi. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and uh, I got to say, I was very thrown by people who like came out of that movie like, what was she going to tell her? I'm like, how was that not obvious? I got that in my first viewing and I miss things all the time. So that was weird to me. But yeah, so I think down the line as well, no more training, but there will be a, still that relationship between Finn and Ray. They're not going to get away from that. And she's still going to be better than him. It's tough. And he's going to be like, she's going to do something. He's going to be like, how come you didn't teach me that? Or something like that. She's going to be like, oh, mm -hmm. I never thought about teaching you that before. And then uh, it'll be great. So yes, Jedi Finn. I'm going no on this one. Um, <laughs> so you think he's going the Leia route? Yes. I think that's exactly what it is. I think that they are going to tell a story that like not everybody who's force sensitive has to become a Jedi. Um, I think like characters like Maz Kanata are really awesome because they showcase that the force is real 
but they don't necessarily have to subscribe to this particular religion. I think that Ray can feel it very important to be a Jedi and continue the Jedi name. And Finn can just be who he is and, and live his own life, but still very aware and very in tune with his feeling, his gut and know that that is the force. And that is a new kind of mainline character that we've never gotten before. I think it would be a waste <clears throat> to have John Boyega not be a Jedi. That's my own personal opinion. I think it would be a total waste. He's an action star. It would be a waste to have him just stay by the side. He can still be an action star and not use the force. I want him to use the force. He could like, he could like get on a bus and ramp it off a highway. Like just like throwing stuff. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool, but I I don't know. It's up to whoever wants to write the next one. James is allowed to answer however he wants to answer. I'm not saying he can't answer that way. I just get really excited about this topic. It's just all these fans trying to tell me what my opinions are. You know what I mean? It's just... (laughs) All right. The next uh, question is from uh, a patron of ours. This one's come from Commander Adam Odell. He's pretty much been everything in our Patreon uh, (laughs) enlisting party. I don't know what what I'm trying to say here. All right. Right. Uh, Speaking of Jedi, uh, Adam asked, will the next Star Wars feature have Jedi? So the next Star Wars feature film, are they going to have Jedi in them? John, what do you think? 100%. Solo 2? I don't know. Solo 2 is going to have Jedi? What would you do yeah. if it was Solo 2? What would you do? <laughs> if they announced the next Star 2022 Wars movie is, so, is, is Solo, Solo 2. I mean, I'd be ecstatic, of course. Would you just be like, that's it. I've peaked. I can't. I would quit I, the podcast. I take my hat. <laughs> I would hang it, and that'd be it. No, but the uh, very first thing I do is point out this episode where you said there wasn't. I'm like, we were wrong on that one episode. <laughs> no, you'd point out this episode where uh, I said yeah, I'd quit, yeah. and then I have to quit. Yeah. Oh, yeah uh, no, I think there's like a two percent chance that, or zero percent chance that it'd be solo for the next movie. But uh, yeah, I think they have to because for the the main reason that the crutch of the Skywalker saga is gone. Now the only other movies they've done so far have been heavily tied to the saga rogue one, which is, I don't know how people don't realize it's the most fan servicey of the entire Disney era and uh, solo. Um, so if you're going to start new, you need to get people in this theater. What does that lightsabers and familiarity? Uh, if you want to make a, mo- a star Wars feature blockbuster movie, you need Jedi, um, in my opinion. I know people say, well, they could be Force users or they could be Dark Side. I think you're going to get Jedi in, in one way or another. And especially if they still plan on going back to Old Republic, you can increase that even more. So, uh, yes, I think there will be Jedi in the next feature Star Wars film. My turn. Uh, Lacey, you can answer this question. I'm still trying to figure out why John thinks that it's the most fan servicey in the Disney area. Because it's got it's stuff like that guy that's like, hey, watch where you're going. That's the only scene. That's the only reason oh, people no. think that. But then we're having a Star Wars war about this. But <laughs> right. um, I agree with everything John said. Agreeing again. I have said this. I feel like we've talked about this a, while, a couple times. About Jedi and being a prequel and possibly being Old Republic. The other part, on top of what John said, they got to sell toys. 
And the best toys to sell are lightsabers. So they're going to have lightsabers in that movie because they need to sell stuff. And you could say, oh, they could sell blasters or they could sell this or that. Nothing sells like a lightsaber. Nothing is cooler to like hit stuff with or wave around than a lightsaber. And everybody knows that's Star Wars as soon as you light it up. So, yes, Jedi will be in the next feature film. All right. I agree with that. Um, Yay. The reason I agree... Yeah. Yay. The reason I agree is because (laughs) every time we think they're not going to do this, they do it like Mandalorian. (laughs) It's the one time they can, they have the opportunity to break away from the force. It doesn't have to have like Jedi and and the force in it and all this stuff. We thought it wasn't going to. That's what I'm saying. It's like every time we think that they always somehow figure out a way to slip in a character that even, even rebels like back in the day, like we weren't really doing this like that, but I think people were like, Oh rebels. It's more about like the, the military and the, the political stuff. And it's just this group of like people going against the whatever. And it's like from like the first episode, like Kanan's like, Oh, surprise. I'm actually a Jedi. And the show takes on this whole like Jedi story as well. So it's like, I, I think they're always going to do that. They're going to figure out a way to slip in Jedi and the force and lightsabers and something along those lines. Um, and speaking of lightsabers too, my, my, uh, one from Galaxy's Edge. I've become evil because it has turned red. Wait, <laughs> I don't know if you guys. I can't see it. No. It used to be bright, it, bright purple. Yeah. Yeah. I see but it's kind it of is, a reddish hue. Oh, it's white. It's it. Well, maybe in the thing. Yeah, it's not working, guys. But I will tell you what. It it doesn't. It's not purple like it used to be. James, it's, you know I you can, know what like, is working, it James? To be purple. You know what is but, that command hook? That's working. Yeah, you know what's actually funny too is I uh, I got a lightsaber holster wall mount for Christmas <laughs> for for that. Oh, good. All right, last question is: Will the rise of Skywalker be the lowest grossing film in the sequel trilogy, breaking the Star Wars trilogy earnings ranking of? Th- the first movie, third movie, second movie established by the first two trilogies. Yes. Does that? Yeah. Do, do you guys understand the question? Okay. So will Rise of Skywalker be the lowest grossing film in the sequel trilogy, breaking the Star Wars earnings record? So it usually goes the highest earner is the first, the second highest is the third, and the second movie is usually the lowest earner. This right. would break that if, in fact, Rise of Skywalker is the lowest uh, of the um, of the sequel trilogy. So, who are we starting with on this one? Is this John what or is, Lacey? What did Last Jedi make? One point three plus billion. One point three billion. So, Rise of Skywalker will it make less than one point three billion worldwide? Is the question in the theater? Yeah, Rise of Skywalker yeah. likely hit my guess is nine hundred million as of yesterday. Or no, I'm sorry, as of this past Sunday at the end of that weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is two weekends out of an eight weekend an eight week run, which right. both Force Awakens and Last Jedi did eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Who's going first? You. Uh oh. yeah, you. Uh no. I don't think it will. I think there's um a lot of from so I talked to a lot of people at work. And a lot of people from my family at the holidays and people that don't like Star Wars, 
there is so much stuff surrounding these movies of like, oh, I heard people didn't like them. So I'll just wait till that comes on DVD. And also there's this want and need to watch things at home, which I'm the same way of if I'm not a diehard fan of something, I'll just wait till it comes out on DVD. And I think that people are going to do that. So I'm going to say no, I don't think it will beat Last Jedi. So you think it will be the lowest? Yes. Yes. I started with yes. Yeah. Okay. John, what do you think? I think it will be the lowest of the three. I think it'll come close. Mm. I think it'll finish with like 1.2 billion. Um, but the international market hasn't been there. China it did terrible. Um, what's funny is that the only, I think the only Star Wars movie that recently that did well in China was Rogue One, and it's because of Darth Vader. Um, I think they marketed him heavily, and people recognize him. Um, so yeah, I, it'll come up short, but again, you know, people are going to spin that as it's a failure, but which is insane because only 45 movies have ever hit a billion dollars at the box office. And this movie's going to finish in the top, you know, 17 films of all time. But yeah. What did it cost to make? Like 260. I don't know that we know that, do we? Well, I think, uh, it's, it's, I, you know, it's on Wikipedia, but, um, Every report I've seen has it in that range, like 260, 270. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'll say what, around 1.2 billion, putting it just shy of The Last Jedi is my guess. Hmm. I think the wise thing to say is that it will not, but I'm going to be optimistic and say that it will. Um, the reason... I say that is because I was pretty dang sure that Avengers was not going to break that number. And in those last weeks, like it just, just slowly crept along. And I was like, man, it's so close. And it eventually broke that avatar number. And I was just so sure that it was mathematically impossible for that to happen. So I'm hoping here that the same type of fans continue to return uh, to this movie just to not like it's trying to break that last Jedi record. You know, obviously Avengers had a bigger record to, to break there, but oh yeah, I think there is something to be said about um, there were some articles that said, you know, um, it actually went like it had like a big boost on Christmas day and it actually put it back on track in comparison with the last Jedi. Like, Last Jedi did better opening weekend than Rise of Skywalker, but like on that that particular weekend, like it bumped it back up in contention. Like it did way better than Last Jedi did on its second weekend or whatever. And I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting thing. So it's you're, it's a good question to have. I'm going to be optimistic and say that it will. So so you say it won't. I say it won't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that's confusing. It will not break the the record of you know the the first, third, second thing that it has always had, um, but it will in fact uh, beat the Last Jedi's total worldwide box office, mm-hmm. and that sets us up for the Patreon pod race. Uh, that's it for Will of the Force, guys. Uh, Lacey, you want to take us into this special double episode? Ooh. Yeah, double Patreon pod race. 
So as you guys know, there's lots of ways to support us from watching this video, liking, commenting, subscribing, uh, following us on Twitter at RBATSWNN, and then also taking part in our TRB community on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month up to the top tier, you get special access, uh, early access to episodes, other cool videos, behind the scenes, and much, much more. So one of the tiers is our top tier, which is the general tier, and they get to a chance to be a part of the show. So because of the holidays and the craziness with the premiere and the press conference and all this other stuff we were up to, uh, we're doubling up today with two pod races. So we have General Andrew and General Jeremy, who are going to take on the question of what is one thing in all of Star Wars that makes no sense or is just completely ridiculous that you love anyway? Um, so we're going to do Andrew's first and then Jeremy's, and then we'll talk about both of them. So guys, take it away. Hey guys, uh, this was kind of a challenging question for me, but uh, I just pulled from uh, Return of the Jedi, the scene where uh, Luke is on the skiff and does the uh, kick and misses and the guy falls over. That's kind of a ridiculous little thing that they left in the movie that I always notice every time I see that movie. So, uh, short answer for you, but that's kind of the ridiculous thing I find in Star Wars that I love. So, thanks a lot, guys. May the Force be with you. Hey, what's up, everyone? So, the thing that is most ridiculous to me that they, but that I love anyways, is what the heck happened to Jar Jar Binks? Where did he go in all of this? Just kidding. I think... Uh, the big thing is the obvious, the big elephant in the room, um, and I hate to be all spoilery, but like, Shivy babes, what the heck, where are all these things coming from? You've given us 42 years of being a baddie in this whole universe, and you've told us nothing about this guy, nothing about his backstory. We get all these little filler stories of everything that's going on that pretty much has no bearing on some of these things and yet you've left this guy completely a mystery which i guess is good if, with some people but for me i need more i gotta know what the heck where did the sun come from where and how did he get to these places and how has he been planning all this in the background and is there a third person in all this third sith so let me know what you guys think happy new year to you all Look forward to the new year. Happy 2020. Joan and Jeremy out. All right, guys. Well done. So you got a double dose of Patreon pod race. We have Jeremy and Andrew. So Andrew went first and uh, he talked about Return of the Jedi. John, what did you think? So I'm just talking to Andrew first. Yes, Andrew is first. Uh, so Andrew, the Phantom Kick, which a lot of people have... <laughs> Post canonically said it was a force kick, which I get a kick out of. Jeez. Oh, uh, no, starting th- starting fresh. I think that's a great one. Uh, I love that whole moment, especially because that's when you also see Boba Fett flying by on a wire and he hits the barge and falls into the Sarlacc. Uh, I think that's a great moment. I think it's so stupid, but I think it's so stupidly awesome that it it 
it puts perspective on sometimes Star Wars is stupid and we love it. I think people have really taken Star Wars too seriously sometimes where you need to go back and look at these original movies and some of these moments are super campy, but they're also some of our favorites. So part of the reason why I pitched this question is because of that. We need to bring that levity back to Star Wars and you nailed it on the head with one of the best moments in uh, one of the most ridiculous moments and one of the most coveted Golden Goose Star Wars movies. So uh, great job there, Andrew. James? Um, you know what's funny about that scene too is that that seems like something that they could easily fix in a special edition. You know, they'd be like, because we follow that uh, Star Wars comparison Twitter account, and it's so ridiculous the stuff that they're like, well, we we matted out the the black bars in the background of the, <laughs> the, the five, five frames per second, and it went back, and if you look closely here at the bottom of that, and it's just like absolutely ridiculous. Scoot, look closer. You know, I mean, it's just like just <laughs> just like two pixels to the right, and you got something fixed here. Um, so yeah, psh. yeah, just something that maybe kind of <laughs> covers that up just a hair, or whatever. Or 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 Boba Fett flies by at that exact moment, and because he's behind, it doesn't look like <laughs> you see sky. Maybe I don't know. I'm with you, Andrew. Let's just maybe just let it fly because it's history, right? Yeah, I love that scene. Um, I watched Return of the Jedi on New Year's, and it is hands down one of my favorite movies. And that scene in particular, that whole Jabba barge scene, is one of, if not to me, the best scene in Star Wars. Like, I just love everything from beginning to end of that scene, including this kick. It makes me laugh so hard um, because it's just so fun. And it's clearly like they probably practiced this a billion times and Bob, the stunt guy, went a little too early. Like, it's just so fun. And, and I'm glad that they left it in because there are other moments in that scene. I think the part where Luke turns to Leia to be like, come on. But he doesn't say come on, but it says in the voice, come on, but his mouth doesn't move. Hmm. So, like, stuff like that where I'm like, I just love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love ne- that he's one head flip away from, like, the nutcracker. Like, if he kicked and went like this like it would right. just be like he's doing ballet or right. something that kick is so flamboyant the like, yeah, uh, yeah so exactly well it's done good. mark hamill uh next is jeremy who's wearing his crew shirt rocking the trb merch um he made a little bit of a joke about jar jar binks like what happened to him a little mm. ridiculous but ultimately went with palpatine and how he came back so john thoughts is well, it ridiculous? Yeah, it is a bit ridiculous, I guess, but it's certainly not as ridiculous as the Phantom Kick. Um, <laughs> I don't need the explained exactly how Palpatine came back because uh, Star Wars is full of myst- mystical, crazy powers and insane things that aren't scientifically explained or can't be compared to real life uh, situations and that sort of thing. Um if you tell me that the most evil person in the galaxy who was obsessed and the reason why he did what he did was based on learning about immortality and cheating death came back, uh, that's the person you do it with. Uh, and to end the saga and to bring him back and, and tie everything in the way they did uh, worked for me. Uh, I do get 
your your gripe that it was ridiculous. Uh, I think that's a good point. I also do like that you were able to point something out that was ridiculous that you still love in a different way that Andrew did. It's showing that there are different levels of ridiculousness in Star Wars, and we can sort of embrace them, whether it's a serious plot thing or something as silly as a, a stunt done by one of the main actors. Uh, so uh, great job to Jeremy as well. Great job to both of you. Uh, generals, once again, always killing it on the Patreon Padres. Thanks, guys. James? Um, you know, it's actually funny. It's a good point. You know that that release the JJ cut thing? Actually, uh, uh, Chris Terrio said in the original script, uh, when, when Beaumont, you know, when they explain he's back, Beaumont and Finn get, or uh, Poe get into this four-hour discussion about how that was possible. <laughs> They just have this back and forth for yeah. for I think it was four four hours twenty three minutes right. straight of um, well so wait so is he a clone? Uh, uh, is, uh, he say I think he said he was dead but now he's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm kind of with you, John, but I'm also kind of the guy that's like give me give me some answers here. Um, but I'm also with you, Jeremy, because it, it, it is just kind of ridiculous in, in a sense where they just say, you don't need to know or think about it. The dead guy, the guy we clearly killed over the course of six movies, he's back. Don't just don't think about it. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I think it's one of my biggest questions out of The Rise of Skywalker is like, but how? And I think it's yeah. because there weren't any hints leading up. Like you can kind of pull things and be like, Oh, this was a hint, but was it mm. really, was it really mm. a hint? And mm. I think it's a little ridiculous. Cause you're like, well, if they like made hints that were very obvious in TFA, then I'd totally buy into this and not need to know the how, but the fact mm-hmm. that he just shows up and they're in like the, the like introduction text, they're like, he's back. You're like, Oh, are Okay. I guess, all right. <laughs> He's like the first person to speak in the movie. He's there at the very beginning. You're like, oh, so they're like fully into this. Like there's no like mm-hmm. lead up to where he is. Um, so yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Again, I love it just like you do, Jeremy. Like he's the baddest of the bad in Star Wars. So it makes sense. But again, a little ridiculous. Anyway, speaking of the rise of Skywalker, we've finished the character arc of Finn finished we lose this it's loosely use this because we're probably gonna get more finn yeah finished uh so we're gonna discuss it john obi-wan once thought as you do hey guys uh yeah this week's discussion in star wars sequel trilogy character discussion colon finn um as literally as possible Famous Star Wars story. Uh, Yeah, so The Rise of Skywalker has completed the sequel trilogy, so we will be doing character discussions on each of the four main characters, Finn, Poe, Rey, and Kylo Ren. Uh, We kick things off with the hero formerly known as FN2187 to discuss his character arc from the moment we saw him at the Jakku village to seeing the general celebrate with his new family at the end of episode nine. So let's talk Finn, guys. Um... Just open chat. We don't have to go chronologically here. Just talk about the character in general now that we've seen him uh, complete his journey uh, to this point anyway. We could always revisit it down the line if they do come back and we're still doing this sort of thing over here. Uh, But yeah, Finn, first thoughts on Finn. I'll just say this to kick it off. I am so happy with what they did with Finn in The Rise of Skywalker. 
Um, I felt like him and Poe both fell a bit flat in The Last Jedi and didn't get the character development they needed. And somehow uh, J.J. was able to take his character and vault him and not in an overbearing way, but like give these hints throughout the movie and still showing that compassion he has for Ray and do these sort of things to build him up and give him um, arguably his, his best uh, role uh, in, in the trilogy. So uh, I love how where the character ended up. I love that he's force sensitive. I love that he could potentially become a Jedi and going from this picked from a family that he didn't know as a child to be some kind of one of a billion white, armored stormtroopers to potentially becoming a galaxy saving Jedi is as star Wars as it gets for me. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I just love how they rounded him out. Um, Lacey, I'll, I'll, I know you're a big Finn fan, so I'll go to you with your thoughts on, uh, on this character. And, and maybe if you want to start with TFA, because that's your favorite movie. Um, but wherever you, wherever you want to go with this. So TFA is my favorite movie in the series, but, for Finn, my favorite movie for him is The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, I think me too, he yeah. had the best performance in The Rise of Skywalker. I think he matured the most. I think he had the best lines. He had the best development as a character. And I think he got the most chance to shine in The Rise of Skywalker. I think for TFA, it was really about Rey and then Han Solo's there and you're looking at Chewie and Leia's there and you're kind of like... Dividing your time among new characters and old characters, and then like who is Kylo Ren? And but this movie, I was all about Finn, Ray, Poe, the three of them on an adventure together. I totally bought into him at the beginning, being like a little cocky when he gets into the chair of the the gunner on the Millennium Falcon. He gives that look like, "Yep, time to go." Compared to like the Force Awakens, where he gets in the seat and he's like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, yep, that's I, a good point. Love that look that he gives when mm-hmm. he sits in that chair. It is so perfect. Um, and then I just love that he doesn't lose that sense of fighting for what he believes in. From the moment we meet him in TFA to the Rise of Skywalker, he's always very adamant that he's willing to do whatever it takes to help his friends and to do what is right, um, which I think is super important. And I think gets a little lost in The Last Jedi. Like, he's very much about, like, oh, I've got to save Rey. Oh, I've got to save Rey. I'm only caring about Rey. And I didn't really like that because I didn't like the idea that the character lost... He grows from caring about himself to caring about Rey to obviously caring about everybody else. But I I feel like he got the adventure that he really deserved in his moment to be a leader and a general in The Rise of Skywalker. Also, the fact that he could possibly be, or not possibly, he is Force-sensitive, is so epically awesome Mm -hmm. that I just wanted him to just push something, throw something in the movie. Like, make it very obvious for those people that were (laughs) doubting it. I, like, I don't know if, like, it would have been cool if, like, Ray threw the saber to him at some point. Like, I don't know. It would have just been so cool to, like, have him do something Jedi-related. But it makes me so excited for what's to come because I think John Boyega is fully on board no matter what he says because he's just the biggest Star Wars fan as we are. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was doing interviews leading up to The Rise of Skywalker talking about how Anakin's his number one, like he's the best ever. Yeah. Um, So the fact that he kept this a secret for so long that his character is force sensitive from that first time we saw him in the video when he was reacting to TFA lighting up the lightsaber, like, guys... He's just as pumped as we are. And I think that 
Finn is just such a great character for everyone to see that the people that might be unhappy with Rey not being a nobody, Finn is a nobody and he is going to be a Jedi. And he comes from literally the worst people ever and turns out to be the best person ever. So, Dang, you stole my thing, Lacey. Sorry, I'm sorry. What thing? I I wrote that, you know, to give a little credence to what you were saying earlier about Finn being a Jedi, I was going to say there is a little bit of a story element there where like JJ knew that people liked Ray from nowhere, but he, he knew that his story was going to make Ray from somewhere. So he made Finn for sensitive so that we could have Finn from nowhere mm-hmm. and just totally buy into like, he, you know, that's the character that comes from nowhere that has no history. We're never going to expand on it. And yet he is special. Um, I still don't necessarily think that means he's going to be a Jedi, but the Finn from nowhere thing is really cool. If you think about it from, from the angle of maybe we lost that story with Ray a little bit. Um, there's, there's ways to still say she's Ray from nowhere, but, um, but, but we're talking about Finn, you know what I mean? And I think Finn really does come from nowhere. And John, I was going to point this out too, is you, you've said a couple of times, you know, we're going to be talking about him from when he walked off of that platform in, um, force awakens, but actually we've got stories, you know, before the awakening and we've got, you know, the age of resistance Finn comic as well, where he was, um, you know, uh, literally mopping the floor and then got assigned to basically like a death mission of like every, anybody who goes down this hall dies. And he was able to, to figure out what was really going on. These creatures were just defending themselves and he like releases them into the wild. Um, I mean that, that is, that's just the beginnings of his story. But what's funny to me is when you watch, um, I mean, we get this other places too, but like when you're watching, um, the show, resistance um you know star wars resistance they go pretty heavily into explaining that every time a stormtrooper acts up or misbehaves they brainwash them Mm -hmm. like they stick them to a machine and they just like wipe their minds and it is almost kind of interesting to think that finn may have gone through that a couple times and no matter how many times he goes through it he re-emerges again because that's who he really is um, that's not confirmed what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if you've ever, ever gone through the brainwashing process, but as, as far as we understand it, that's pretty common in the first order that anytime, you know, anything. And I know Phasma even says this was his first offense, but I'm seriously, I think they just do this like every week for these guys. Reconditioning. Um, yeah. reconditioning and stuff. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I really like the idea that this guy is above and beyond mentally, uh, you know, incredible to the point where he just like can break past, um, mind manipulation like that and still, uh, put down his gun and still know that there's something. And this is just force awakens. You know what I mean? Like, and we're going to get into it and Lacey already kind of touched on it a little bit, but man, the whole arc, I'm talking a lot here, but the whole arc from, um, uh, stepping away from the first order, then finding his place in last Jedi. And then in the last one being like, this is me full throttle. Like, so, so good. Love Finn. Yeah. I, 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 it's weird how his character's bookended from TFA and, and the rise of Skywalker, but it's not weird because it's JJ's character who Larry Kazan helped develop and write. And then he finished off with uh, Chris Terrio. I think it's, and I'm not trying to like dog on TLJ at all here, but it's a very important part of his character arc because 
he almost I don't say he got sidelined in The Last Jedi, but like that Kano Bite mission thing like was a big chunk of his story in that movie. And it was like an unnecessary mission because they went to this place to find this guy and they found the guy and they didn't even wind up using the guy. Um, and, the, you know, the big heavy reliance of uh, TLJ was about three people. It was about Luke, Kylo Ren, and Rey. They and needed then, to get Finn on the ship. That was all it was about. Yeah. And they, they pushed, they left Poe on the base. We'll get to him next week. And then Finn went on the mission with Rose and Rose, uh, you know, taught him everything because he was apparently didn't know anything. And, and you know, she had the, all the answers for him and that sort of thing. And he almost like came across as stupid. And I didn't like that um, about how the Finn was portrayed in The Last Jedi. And I know he's kind of been lightly outspoken about how he felt about his character arc. And he has every right to feel that way. But... I guess the biggest thing I like about Finn is his compassion for Rey and that friendship there. I mean, we can talk about him as an individual with his powers and his realization and coming from this, coming from that. But the most steady thing, and even in The Last Jedi, is how much he cares about Rey uh, and that, that friendship. And that's what Star Wars really is rooted in, is that connection and that friendship with people that may not necessarily be your family. And, you know... I love the part in The Last Jedi when he wakes up and Poe comes up to him and Poe goes, you must have a million questions. And all he says is, where's Rey? Uh, I love that because he probably does have a million questions. And there's so much he could be asking about himself selfishly. Like, what happened to me? Am I going to be okay? I'm in this back to bag. And he says, where's Rey? I love that about him, his like selflessness. And even in The Rise of Skywalker, he's trying to get to Rey and she pushes him away for his own well-being. Like, I think that relationship is such a strong relationship that I do hope they pursue him as a Jedi so that they can be connected on that level because it's one thing to be, you know, human and have a human connection. But if she's going to be this all-powerful master Jedi and he's still just Finn, the, you know, resistance general, they're going to be on different wavelengths. If they're both Jedi, they have another way to be connected. And I think that is something to explore from like a fraternal aspect, not literally, but more of a, as that, that type of bond there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I'm liked Finn and Poe together better than Finn and Ray. I'm I think that was great in the rise of Skywalker. You mean? Yeah. I thought they were great and together. Force Awakens, right? And force awakens the first scene where they escape on the ship together, sure. set the tone of their friendship mm -hmm. and the fact that he wears his jacket and then he helps him at the base and then they sync up again. Like, I feel like they, their relationship and their friendship was a highlight for me in TFA and then again in The Rise of Skywalker. I don't think we got to explore that. And we've talked about it on this podcast before, like how I wish instead of Rose, Poe went with him to Canto Bite. I think I that's agree. what I was waiting to see. And I got that in The Rise of Skywalker when mm. him and Finn are in the Millennium Falcon at the beginning of the movie. That scene in the beginning of the movie was awesome. Everything about that scene with them together, yeah. joking with Chewie, and then they're like on the ship together, and then dealing when like Ray shows up, and they're all like together at the same time, and then mm -hmm. going to Pisana. Him and Poe together, and having that moment where he's like, I need you to be general. And he's like, Oh, thank you, thank you, general, general. Like, I, I appreciate them saying, that. <laughs> yeah, them saying general to each other was one of my favorite moments in the movie. Yeah. Because their friendship is just like, 
undeniable. I like what you just brought up about how when they do all three of them get together for the first time in The Rise of Skywalker and you firmly understand that it's been a year and the friendships have been developed more without our knowledge or our seeing it, I should say. Right. And she's like, he's in a mood and he goes, always. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I laugh so hard. I'm like, that's like... That's like the three of us sometimes. Like, oh, here they go again, and you know, that's you know, literally what, you and me, what, and then poor James on the side being like, "Yep, yep." What, well, he's not interesting wrong. <laughs> about that particular line is it? It in a fun way it breaks the Star Wars world, and that's like, like real street talk, John Boyega breaking out there. That's a little bit of his own personality. I feel like. Yeah. Like, um, like that scene almost seems like Daisy Ridley, the actress walking up to being like, what's going on with Oscar? You know? And he's like, JJ did say it, they did a little bit more kind of improv takes on some of the dialogue so that, that maybe their personalities did come through more. I wouldn't be surprised if that turned out that that was like not the written dialogue of the script because it doesn't feel Star Warsy. It just feels so perfect when they do it that you're like, it's got to go in the final cut. Yeah, you know yeah. that particular line, um, the general one, and also uh, Poe um, being compared to to Leia as well is a, yes. is a huge. Uh, point of uh, Finn uh, just as is being very clear on where he stands and and why he deserves that general position that's given to him later because it, it didn't matter that that Poe technically was like ahead of him he was like you're doing the wrong thing you know yeah. what I mean right. oh, when, so when, when he goes that's for damn sure the whole mm-hmm. audience every time Ooh. I've seen the movie we're like oh bromance over (laughs) and and it it gets it gets taken because he grabs the the thing from him you know what i mean it's like it's just like i think that he's probably got other lines that we're not thinking of but those are the three to me that just like is like beginning of the movie middle of the movie and by the end of the movie it's like it's almost kind of like you know there's a funny moment at the beginning and then he's very serious and like i'm not taking it, you know, mm-hmm. in the middle. And then by the end, they're, they're just like, it doesn't matter. We're friends, but we're just getting along, you know, and it's kind of back to that familiarity again. So it's like, I don't know. I, I yeah. Finn, Finn really shined in, in rise of Skywalker for sure. Yeah. Um, one of the saddest uh, moments for yeah. me was at the end when Ray dies and he touches the wall and he like kind of falls over and he's like, Ray, like, cause we always talk about, we've talked about a couple times, all the different sad moments in this movie and the, the parts that get to you surprisingly that moment got to me i was like oh my gosh he is so heartbroken right now you you know what that's almost mirrored to when leia's han dies and leia grabs the wall yes yep that's what i thought of immediately and also don't sleep on everyone's like and he deserves all the credit in the world Jonas, his reaction to leia's death sure we're not talking about Jonas though but um well let me finish and i'll tell you why i brought that up (laughs) Finn's reaction to Leia's death almost like like he just like what else could be going what else can happen like what else can mm-hmm. what else tragic can be happening right now look at his reaction because right. everyone focused on Chewie there but in my third viewing of the movie like I saw he, he did such a good job reacting to her the news of her death like he like looks and he has tears in his eyes like I can't believe this is happening because they get off and they're like we have to talk to the general like they think she's still alive they don't know yet right right um 
huge performance. And one thing, uh, you know, again, TLJ, I have to give Johnson credit for, you know, the end, Finn was ready to just sacrifice himself for, for and fly into the, the mini Death Star cannon thing. And when I look back, like at the beginning of that movie, Poe kind of shuts off his comms with Leia and it's like, I'm ignoring you. I'm doing what I got to do here when I believe is right. Finn does the exact same thing later when they're telling when then Poe and them are telling him to stop. He takes his rips his headphone off, his uh, earpiece off and starts flying right at uh, at that thing. So I mean he did right. have big moments in TLJ. This isn't I'm not smacking TLJ the whole time here. I just didn't like the Canto bite and maybe they took a backseat to Ray, Kylo Ren, and Luke. But every b- character b- has moments. their best movie. I don't think TLJ was. Finn's no, best movie. I don't. I, and I, I can't imagine anyone making the argument that it was after seeing the rise of Skywalker. Uh, right. I, I think we keep going to that movie for that reason. Yeah, and, and and don't forget too that like the the Last Jedi is the movie where he has the biggest arc because in the first movie he starts off the movie immediately being like I got to run and he still kind of ends up in a way being like a character that's like I'm just trying to get away from the First Order. He doesn't. I think we kind of assumed that that would be the place, but with Last Jedi starting right immediately after Force Awakens, they kind of still left him in that position where he has, hasn't fully clicked over. Um, and of a, course, I, I have a problem with that. Well, Rise of Skywalker is the one that that has him fully in the position that he feels he is in, right? But The Last Jedi, to me, is the one where he starts off the movie saying, I'm trying to escape. I just want to get my friend Ray, and we're out of here. We're still running away. But by the end of the movie, he's 100% bought in on the resistance. Um, oh, he's okay. rebel scum. Uh, so I, I'm saying <clears throat> I think... I think the first movie still has him wanting to abandon the first order. The last movie has him hundred percent resistance, but his biggest arc is in the last Jedi. Okay. Yeah. No, Cause I thought you were overlooking the whole end of, you know, TFA and when he does come back and helps them star killer base fights, faces Kylo Ren, like faces that fear, uh, he, and that sort of thing. He 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 did it for right. He did it for Ray. Him and Ray. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He you didn't do it that, for so. like the greater good of the Problem galaxy. Problem retracted. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that that's why Last Jedi is important. And people, I mean, we even said it in this episode right here. It's like sometimes he gets a little sidelined his mission to Canto Bite and stuff. And I said, yeah, but like his whole story in The Last Jedi is so important to that character. That is his big arc. That's his sure. face off sure. with, I mean, Captain Phasma at this point embodies everything in his past, everything he's ever known. Mm-hmm. And he's like... I'm taking this character head on, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, uh, he fights her, destroys her. And from that moment, he is proud to be, um, free of that, you know, of that, of that sin or that weight or yeah. that, um, whatever's, you know, on his back, um, uh, mm-hmm. burden, if you will. So yeah, I, I love, uh, the last Jedi for those reasons. And, and Finn, particularly in that case, you know, being able to completely overcome that and being led that direction by Rose, you know, she's important to his, uh, eventual turn. Yeah. Without a doubt. She helped him learn about, um, trusting people, uh, cause she trusted what's his name DJ and gave him the, the medallion and he wound up giving it back to her sort of thing. So he saw that there and also, probably further enhancing his uh, selflessness and wanting to help people and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. 
for sure. Lucy, you got anything more on Finn? No, he's just awesome. No, he's just awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess that that's pretty much it, right? Do we have anything else we want to talk about, Finn? Um, we hope we see him again, right? Yeah, I I would love to see Finn as a Jedi, and I'm Me hoping too. that's where they're eventually going to go. Yeah, I, I want to see a scene where Ray does something cool, and Finn's like, "How come you didn't teach me that?" And like one of those things, you know, like he does something cool, but she does something cooler, kind of like the Finn, the Poe with the flashlight thing, the point, yeah. but in the, in, Je- <laughs> in the Jedi power version of that, yeah, like he moves, a, he moves a school bus and she moves like a moon. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for, uh, this stop in the, uh, character discussion for Finn. We hope we get to have another one down the line one day, uh, which means that they would have more stories of Finn, but mm-hmm. one, one, you guys let us know what you think about Finn's arc through the sequel trilogy from The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi and finally with The Rise of Skywalker. Your overall takes on the character, his growth, his arc. Was it fulfilling enough for you? Uh, and um, yeah, leave a comment. Keep the discussion going. We appreciate that. And we're on next week. We're going to fire up one on uh, Poe Dameron as our next in the journey of these four characters. And then we'll proceed that uh, with, follow that with Ray, and then, of course, Kylo Ren. Um, but now it is time for last giggles, good times, jollies, and what have yous. So we're going to send it over to Lacey Gillerin, who last loves giggles. this segment. Last giggles. Laughs. Giggles. Oh, I thought you said last giggles. I was like, what does that mean? You keep it up. It's going to be your last giggle. Last giggles. I gave you my giggle. <laughs> hey guys, it's Resistance <laughs> Transmissions. Lacey, what's going on? All right, guys, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. So how this works is, as you know, it's 2020. John puts up a crazy, wacky situation, and you guys give your best answers, and I don't read them until now, and we see what happens. I thought you were changing that this year. I thought you were going to read everything. I'm just kidding. I, I never know. said that. Yeah. That is a complete lie. <laughs> Uh, All right, so the situation is uh, Star Wars characters make New Year's resolutions too. Pick any character from the franchise and what you think their New Year's resolution would be. First, Aaron Fleming at Salmantino Aaron. I'm assuming (laughs) that is a a long handle. Uh, He said Mando. I will take the five-week babysitting class offered by (laughs) the local YMCA. Next is Joey Sack at Joey Sack. (laughs) What? John just did YMCA the dance. Oh. And you missed it. Sorry. Joey Sack at Joey Sack said, Obi-Wan's New Year's resolution is to climb to the top of the highest mountain on Tatooine so he'll have the highest ground possible. Very nice. The Kilimanjaro of Tatooine. (laughs) Next Mm. is Kylo Ten loved the rise of Skywalker at Fulcramandor. And they said, Bulio's resolution is... Oh, wait. Mm. Can I just to get say a head that start it, that was, in 2020? Can I, can I say something? To, no, I was to just Ashley. gonna say something, but go ahead. No, go ahead. No, Yours go ahead. Is, no, no, go you ahead. Go ahead. Go. You go ahead. Go. You go ahead. Hey, did you guys hear my joke? I said he wanted to get a head start on 2020. Nice. 
Go, John. Go. Well, I was just going to say her 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 comment was very cruelio. Next is Scott I Gibson. I see why he wanted her to Scott go. Scott Gibby. <laughs> what said, were you going to say? You were going to say something. It doesn't matter. First of all, oh. I'm so sorry. That's what Scott says. Scott, why are you sorry? I'm nervous right now. Why are you, why are you sorry? Ben's... <laughs> Ben Solo's resolution is to dot, dot, dot. Oh, wait. He's dead. Very similar to the last one, just more personal. He wrote, (laughs) again, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. Scott, I have a lot of questions. First, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) That's an old one. It is not... I have not had enough time to mourn. Give me more time. All right. Next is, remember that time that I was on the show and I was like, there's no way they'll kill him. He's Han and Leia's son. There's no way. Remember all the times I said that? Yeah. I'm sad. Okay. Next is <laughs> Mello at a gray Jedi. And he said, Yoda, call Yaddle or a good lawyer. I must. <laughs> <laughs> call Yaddle. Next is John Goss at SSO G No J. It's John this Goss is... backwards. Oh, nice. <laughs> John Goss, I believe, is the one that wore the Make Solo 2 Happen shirts to Galaxy's Edge nice. and got retweeted by John Howard or John Howard Ron. John, Howard. who's that? <laughs> I was looking at the John on the thing. Is he directing Solo 2? No, I was oh. reading no, what I was Ron looking Kasdan at. No, Ron Kasdan is doing that. Ron Kasdan, <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah. Ah, okay. great. Awesome. Good things don't change here on the Resistance Podcast. Lacey still can't read. Um, great. Okay, so. John Ray's. Okay, you done? You good? You want to say so. one more time? You want to tell the Bob Iger story 20, 20 more times? You want you want to say one more time? Go ahead. No. I'll let you. John Howard. You want to say one more time? <laughs> Ray's resolution is to buy Ben a gift card to Old Navy to replace a shirt she put a hole in. Oh, <laughs> nice. I want to thank you because I don't know if this is in direct response to me saying the hero of the Rise of Skywalker is Ben Solo's Old Navy Henley tee. So if it is, yeah. thank you. If it isn't, I'm still going to take credit. Thank you. Can, right. can I jump in here too? I think we blew past it a little. Because it took me a second to realize what was going on. Mello's Yoda's <laughs> resolution is to either call Yaddle or a good lawyer. Assuming he sees baby Yoda and he's like, that might be my baby. Right. <laughs> I'm either going to have to call right. Yaddle and figure right. out if that's my baby or just go straight for it. Assume it is and get a good lawyer to say that's not my baby. Right. <laughs> Next is Crafter Anonymous at KA Workbench, who said Baby Yoda slash Tiny's resolution is verbally call the Mandalorian dad. Mm, that's very sweet. It is. Next is DeKind Awakens at DeKind Vacants. He's always making it on this. Mm-hmm. He said Darth Maul's resolution is, quote, <laughs> I will not have such high expectations about the movies I'm in so I can leave the theater as excited as I was going <laughs> in. Now, that's a callback to another Resistance Transition. That is. That yeah. is the callback mm-hmm. to our, like, right before Rise of Skywalker, we did a 
pregame, non-spoiler pregame, like a fun movie memory episode. And one of the funniest transmissions was, I believe, Todd Hertz said that he was at a screening and there was this Darth Maul cosplayer for Phantom Menace who was like taunting people and just being like a bad guy and then saw the movie and he said he looked over and the guy was just sitting there and he was very devastated and depressed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then last but not least is Adam Odell at Odell Adam who said Hux's New Year's resolution is coming up with better spy alibis so I don't get shot in the chest again. (laughs) It's a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah. I'm the spy. <laughs> Poor I Donald Gleason. I don't care Gleason. if you win. I need Kylo Ren to lose. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for your resolutions for tr- resistance transmissions. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And then every week, John puts up a crazy scenario, and then you answer. And then I read them. We have a good time. It is a good time. It is yeah. a really good time. Back to you, John. John Howard or John Howie? Checking. Do you think anybody went into The Last Jedi dressed in full Snoke outfit and then was like sitting in the theater alone <laughs> after the movie? Imagine that guy that was Darth Maul grew up and then was yeah. like, oh, Snoke, and then grew like w- dressed up as Snoke and then he goes They're in and he's like, do not, that again. not again. The same guy. Yeah. 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 He finally gets <laughs> over it and he gets back on that horse and then... Not again. And both get characters on that get Han cut Han in buddy. half. Both characters yeah. cut in half. Unbelievable. Speaking of Snoke, I still take credit for the fact that I jokingly said that they should make a salt and pepper shaker of half of Snoke's body and half of Snoke's body. And then Hallmark, a magically six months later, has a Darth Maul salt and pepper shaker. I see you, Hallmark. I know what you're doing. Back to you, John. Don't you watch Hallmark movies? I do. So you can't be that mad at Hallmark. I'm a little mad. All right. Uh, All right, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening, watching, being part of the resistance, spreading the word of TRB. Uh, The base is always open. If you love Star Wars, that's good enough for us. So come join us. Uh, We're just getting going this year. This is our first like real episode of 2020. So the engines are firing once again. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you find your podcasts. Subscribe to us there. If you can't get enough of the three of us, which we, we completely understand, Mondays and Thursdays, if that's not enough for you, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. For $2 a month, you can sign up and get bonus content. We have mini episodes at least eight every month. Is that right? Yeah. Eight every month in addition to all sorts of other Benefits, rewards. We have a Discord server for our tier three and up. Our generals, as you just saw, two of them showed up right on the podcast here on the Patreon Padres. It's a good time. And mostly we just thank you for all of your support because all the other stuff, all the other videos you see on the Star Wars News at YouTube channel that we do are because of our Patreon supporters. So thank you so much. And if you've been enjoying those videos and you're not a patron, thank our patrons. Mm-hmm. I do want to thank our generals on the Patreon page. Carmelo, Brian Chalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, JG Carr, Seth Kime, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you, generals, so much for all of your support. Uh, make sure you guys head to tpublic.com slash user slash resistance broadcast. You want to get your Make Solo 2 Happen t-shirt. This is the year to get that shirt. Get it. Love it. Hey. 
or one of the other 40 designs that we have on there. Uh, mostly all made by James over here. Speaking of James, James, where can people find you to talk about all those wonderful designs you made from our ideas for our shirts? Uh, I guess you could look on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. you could send mm-hmm. me a message on Instagram. Uh, how mm-hmm. you find me is use the handle at Myra Trunks. Still to this day. You guys can find me on Twitter and over at Star Wars News Net, uh, but on Twitter at Johnny Homie. Lacey? People can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lacey Gillerin. Nice. And guys, make sure you're always going to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. We'll be back on Monday morning where we're firing up that news cycle again. Will we get that director announcement for the 2020 movie? I'm sure we'll get other news too and we'll update you on the latest on the box office for The Rise of Skywalker and more. So enjoy your weekends. And as always, we'll see you around, kids. <laughs>